Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. And today I am feeling excited. I'm feeling curious and I'm feeling honored. I'm feeling all of the feelings because I have a really special guest. I have Nadine Levitt here, and she is the founder and CEO of Worley EDU. And she's the author of My Mama Says... SEL, which is social emotional learning. And uh, this is her program. She's written a book about it. She has a website about it that we're going to be talking all about. And she's really cool and super interesting. Get this. She started her career as an international trade lawyer. But after six years of that, she decided to pursue her passion for opera and songwriting. I love that. And she is so accomplished that she's worked all over the world with people like David Foster and Andrew Bocelli and Christina Perry and Steven Tyler, just to name a few, just a little humble brag there. No big deal. Um, She's also passionate about education, which really is why she's here. She is here and is in the capacity that she has been working in, she has observed over 400 classrooms and she published this children's book called My Mama Says. And so we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the work that she is doing to really support our kids in learning social emotional skills. And it is so important. And what, and, and, and so I just wanna welcome you Nadine. Thank you for being here. I have so much to ask you, so much to say. I'm so excited, like I said, feeling all the feelings. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And I got so excited when I was when I was watching you list all the emotions because you're right. You are feeling all of those emotions. We never feel this one emotion alone. So it's amazing. I love this. Yes, I love that. And so, you know, we we talked a little bit about um, you were we were talking about mirror neurons as we were talking before we hit record. And so I love to talk about the brain and 
I gather you do as well. And, and one of the things that I share with parents is that when we're parenting our kids, actually understanding the way the brain works really helps us to understand why our kids act the way they do, why we act the way that we do, and what we can do instead. And as we look at our kids, as they grow and develop, they live in their middle brain, which is their emotional brain, until they're about the age of seven. But because they don't have this higher brain, which is rational thought, right? The real rational brain, being able to work it out, having emotional regulation, our kids don't understand their feelings. They don't know how to deal with them and they can't articulate them. And so we need to help them. And that's where you come in, right? Absolutely. I think it, what's interesting though, is it's just as much for the parents sometimes because mm -hmm. You know, we didn't really get taught about emotions. For many of us, I certainly, um, you know, they, I, my parents were incredibly loving. They were wonderful, wonderful parents. Yeah. Um, but on the emotional side, it wasn't something, you know, there were lots of, I remember lots of fights, lots of arguments, um, and a lot of frustration and just, you know, unmet expectation, which always sets you up for failure, uh, and understanding why why uh, things work helps set you up for success, I think, down the road. Mm -hmm. Understanding how the brain develops, understanding how emotions work and why they're there and reframing mm -hmm. them also to, to not be a bad thing. You know, I really try and stay away from uh, calling anything a bad emotion or a good emotion. I, I think that's not very helpful. I think there's a very simple and empowering way to approach emotions because they're really just here to help us at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But often I think we we don't understand how they show up. So most emotions, um, when, when you learn about emotions and most programs I've seen, teach them in a singular form. So you're feeling like this is what happiness looks like. And often it's a caricature of happiness, right? Whereas if um, if you say, well, happiness never shows up alone, it's more like a watercolor painting, right? All, all emotions show up in groups and they influence each other and the context influences each other. And so happiness, for example, when it's coupled with excitement and nervousness, because I'm about to jump on a roller coaster, looks really, really different to happiness when I'm grateful and in love and calm. So understanding how they influence each other and starting to teach uh, emotions in groups because that's how we experience them is sort of the fundamental part of the philosophy of my mama says. Mm, that's so interesting. And you're right, that is something different than I've heard before. And I also think that parents do need to learn this because we weren't taught the language of feelings and needs, right? And I like that you're saying that, you know, emotions aren't good or bad, they, they just are, and they do come in groups. And so I wanna sort of mirror back what I heard you say, because look, I, what I know is, boy, would it have been helpful if my parents had said, you know, Robin, it sounds like you're really frustrated right now, instead of like, go away from me, get away, like, don't be such a, you know, don't be bad, right? And, and my parents were great too, right? And there were some opportunities for sure that they could have done things differently. Um, and, and I think when we grow our boys up, we don't give them those emotions as many as we give girls. And mm -hmm. then as they grow into men, they 
don't have the language for their emotions. They aren't in touch with their emotions. And as women, we're like, okay, okay. Like, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you tell me what you're feeling? Because I don't know how, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is all part of being a, having a growth mindset as well. And I think that th it's never too late to learn this, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think emotions at the end of the day, you know, so there are definitely ones that are more challenging um, to process. And I think in part that's because they're asking us to change something. Um, and change is difficult. You know, if there's uncertainty, that's undifficult. That's a difficult sort of process. So frustration and anger, for example, which often are, are sort of um, called negative or bad somehow, mm. I don't think of those as bad. I think they're really important emotions. I mean, nothing in history basically would have happened but for anger and the motivation that anger brings with it. Right. Um, uh, and so when you, when you understand that these emotions are in essence like a, a messenger and they're just signposting something for us, mm. they're signposting for us for example, all different things. So um, sadness, for example, signposts what it is that connects us. What do we need to have a connected, fulfilled life? So when we've lost it, when we grieve that the loss of something, um, that's what it tends to signpost. Happiness, on the flip side, also signposts it but it often is harder to see it with happiness because you're so ex it, it caught up in the experience of happiness that you don't mm -hmm. take a moment to, to fully see what it is signposting for us because you know, you need the right support of support and challenge. So support is like the, the happiness and the, the, the uh, dopamine hits that your brain gives you when you're doing the right thing. That's the support. That's the, yes, you're on the right track, but it's almost like you're standing in a light room and you don't see all the details around you. Whereas if you're standing in a dark room, looking at the light room, you're aware of both the dark room and the light room and you start to see more of the details, if that makes sense. So you start hmm. to see like more context, you start to have a different perspective in things. And so sadness or um, loneliness or um, shame even, gives you that perspective to deepen our empathy and more and enjoy more those moments where we do have those dopamine hits with happiness and so on and so forth. Hmm. So those sort of lower emotions, and I don't know if that's how you would classify them, are really, really, really a gift because they do allow us to grow. When you mm -hmm. use them, they allow us to identify our need. Mm-hmm. Whereas just bliss, we don't really see all everything. You wouldn't be very empathetic if you were only in bliss all the time. Right, right. Uh, the, the really powerful thing about this with parenting is when parents understand this and they can lean in. So when a child is frustrated and you say, you, you know, or, or is, 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 is starting to melt down and you're like, I can see you're really frustrated, but what else are you feeling? Like, help me understand what other emotions you're feeling and to show them that you're not scared of that big feeling. Mm -hmm. You're, you're right there with them and you're going to help them guide themselves sort of through that experience. And for them to see it as a gift and like what a great relationship you're now um, establishing with your emotions. Uh, so that's sort of a very powerful way that parents mm. can really use this, lean in in those moments 
and usually you don't get the meltdown. Well, it's very, very true. And when I work with the parents that I work with, I tell them, look, your child is having a meltdown. You can't talk them out of it. You can't shame them out of it. You can't punish them out of it. So actually the way to end it is to accept it, mm -hmm. to accept that, look, they are having this emotion. It's like a wave, like they're gonna come and go. And our kids need to feel the feeling all the way through. Sometimes they'll even tell us, like, just let me feel my feelings, mom or dad. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for us to accept them and understand also that we may have feelings about their feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. But to show them that it's OK, I you are loved and lovable no matter what your feelings are, no matter how you show your feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I think also uh, there's a distinct I want to distinguish between the emotional responses, which we cannot control. They come and go. Right. Those are the emotions that come to us and the thought patterns and behaviors that come with those. So we as adults might have feelings um, uh, in response to someone else's emotions, uh, but I, I, we should, as adults, have a more emotional re regulation skill to, to be able to maneuver through those feelings, give enough space to those feelings and pause it so we don't go into overwhelm and recognize the fact that you know, energy or the, you know, the energy that comes with these emotions is absolutely contagious. Uh, you know, having, I know you, you had um, uh, Dr. Melanie McNally uh, on, on one of your, your podcasts and she was talking about, uh, you know, the anxiety and I loved the, 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 what she talked about, which is totally true. You start to mirror the breathing, you start mm -hmm. to mirror um, uh, the energy that, that, that those emotions have, but we as adults actually have self-regulation skills and we right. can influence the energy in the room more so we can either like we made the, make the choice. We can either be influenced by it or we can influence it. Mm. And I think the more that we can understand how they operate and some of the questions we can ask, you know, um, I just saw, uh, Deepak Chopra, um, speak and it was just such an amazing um, thing that he said I just wanted to share it for a second mm -hmm. he said um, stress is really just resistance to existence hmm. and I thought wow that's so powerful in in emo the work of emotions too because we as parents um, when we resist the existence of these emotions mm -hmm. they only grow bigger and the way that we explain it to kids is that, you know, the, that your emotions are messengers and they desperately want to deliver whatever the message is. And if you are not acknowledging them, they're only going to get bigger and louder or they're going to go into sort of mm -hmm. this, this um, uh, silent mode uh, where they explode later on, like a ninja yeah. mode. They suddenly explode later on. Um, but it can all lead to overwhelm and overwhelm um, is really that that response to our central nervous system that there's too much too many massive feelings too many massive emotions vying for your attention and so therefore you go into reactive mode rather than responsive mode and you mm -hmm. can no longer problem solve so the more that we can learn to not take it to overwhelm and instead create space and acknowledge our emotions and have parents. And that's part of, you know, when, when somebody says, I can see you're feeling really angry right now, I can and so on and so forth, but 
having the follow-up question saying, tell me, like, what else are you feeling? Because it's different if it comes with different things. And, and it's only part of the message if you're only acknowledging the anger. If you're also saying, you know, I'm actually feeling a little scared that I'm not good enough, or I'm feeling scared of failure, or I'm feeling anxiety because of the pressure of this. I'm feeling um, frustrated because the same thing keeps happening. Then you can start to puzzle all those pieces together as to what the true message is that's being signposted for you. Mm. So the true message that your feelings are showing you, mm -hmm. right? It's it's it is sort of like a puzzle to be solved. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so that's I nice. so I want to I want to just again I, so really what I heard you say, right? So there are the, the feelings and then there's the behavior and then there's the thought patterns. And so, yes, as adults, we do have emotional regulation, but the problem is, is we get caught in our thought patterns, right? We see the behavior and we make it mean something, right? The story I'm telling myself is that you are a brat or that you're entitled or you aren't grateful. And it completely dis... Um, it dishonors what your child is actually really going through. And, um, and I love that you just said you can either influence it or be influenced by it. And look, we're all a work in progress, right? We have not all grown up with this, you know, where we say, okay, I see that you're upset right now, even though you're having a meltdown in front of my mother-in-law and I'm super embarrassed. So I think that part of this, and, and I'd love to hear what you say about this, is acknowledging I am really embarrassed right now. I am feeling scared of judgment. I am really worried about what is going to happen next. I hope my child calms down. And so acknowledging my own emotions and then going to my child and saying, wow, you must be so disappointed because you couldn't have this mm -hmm. or because you can't go play upstairs or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to hear that. And then I want to next ask you the question, ask you what are the questions we need to ask our kids to help them through the emotion, so. Okay, so the first um, part of this, for, I just wanted to say about the thought patterns. Um, and one of the things that you just said, which I just, I love, and I think it's such a powerful thing to do is that, sorry, that the story I'm telling myself is blah, blah, blah. The awareness that comes with, oh yeah, the story I'm telling myself right now is this and this and this. And the reason it's really important is I think because, you know, as human beings, we are wired to recognize patterns. Mm -hmm. It would be completely overwhelming for us if we had to overthink every single decision, every part of our life like oh i have to tie my shoelaces um to go out the door how do i do that again like we know how to do things we get the patterns we sort of wrote learn them and then we automate them um and luckily not everything in life has to be approached from a complex perspective mm, i love that yeah. but, but those patterns sometimes are not based in fact right mm. and so we actually have this new um curriculum that we're putting out um, uh, for parents uh, and it's a, an ability for kids to explore certain emotions and one of the things we do is like here's what this emotion looks like here's what this emotion feels like and we put it into the groups so that they say it's not just an emoji it's actually like here's what it looks like with 
nervousness and excitement. Here's what it looks like with with anger, by the way. Like if you can be mm. like two conflicting emotions at the same time, um, here's what it might look like. Uh, so the kids can start to get their own idea of what the patterns are. Um, here's what it feels like. Here's the stories we tell ourselves with happiness. Mm. And by the way, the quickest way to get rid of happiness is to start building up expectations Ooh. because uh, because of you believe your stories so much that you tell yourself we're going to live happily ever after we're going to do this we're going to do that and then that's an expectation that may not be based in fact at all it's probably based on a fairy tale that you've seen on a movie or even that you've read as a child so these patterns that we're, our brain is recognizing are they come from all sorts of different places. It might be things we've experienced. It might be, you know, movies, media, things people have told us. And so it's just really important. And I think really powerful when I heard you say like all the story I'm telling myself is this really, really powerful skill to like be developing. And I'm constantly trying to continue to develop it myself. Yeah. Um, the other day, I just on the side note, my, my daughter who's eight, um, I, cause I've, I've shared this with her too, with both of them, both of my kids, but my, my daughter threw it back at me the other day. She was like, I was very frustrated and, 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 and really, um, uh, disoriented, I think, because I was trying to, I was trying to get them out the door. We'd done this whole, uh, I was disappointed, you know, like we'd done this whole, we had an agreement. We'd made a whole poster about what our plan was going to be as we walked out the door, getting to school on time. It's a challenge in our household. <laughs> um, and um, and everyone was in agreement. Everyone took ownership. I felt really good about it. And so my head was like, okay, I expect them now to do it. Um, and of course they didn't. And so my daughter, mm -hmm. I walked into her room at time that we were two minutes before we went to leave. She had not cleaned her room. She had not made her bed. She had not gotten dressed. She had not brushed her teeth. She had not brushed her hair. None of the things that were on the poster. And it's really hard not to lose it in those moments. And I took a deep breath and she said, mom, before I even said anything, she said, are you telling yourself, <laughs> are you telling yourself um, <laughs> the story that I don't care about this um, and that I'm being disrespectful? Like, <laughs> that's not the case. I just got distracted, but I'll do it right now. Like, <laughs> I love she, it. I love like, it. Beautiful moment. And I was like, oh, she does listen and she does care. But you're right. I was telling myself that. <laughs> It's, it is true. And it just proves that our kids don't necessarily do what we say. They do what we do. And so when we speak this way and we practice this with our kids, even out loud, like right now I am feeling really frustrated and I didn't have a great day today and I might feel a little like snippy and short, but it has nothing to do with you. And I just want you guys to know that. And so to take care of myself, I'm going to go have a nap. You know, yeah. or something like that, right? Absolutely. To really talk in that feelings. Verbalizing and feelings. it, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I, I think, you know, as much as it is difficult, because I, I think it always, you always feel a degree of shame or a degree of mm. like regret, I think, when you have moments as a parent, and we all do, every single one of us, has moments yeah. where we wish we didn't say something or we wish we didn't mm -hmm. do something or we wish that we'd done more of something or we wish yeah. whatever it is. And again, these are built on that whole mom guilt thing is, mm -hmm. is built on those expectations, meaning we've seen a pattern, 
So we had an expectation of how something was going to show up, and then it didn't meet that expectation, and therefore all these other emotions come. And right. um, as hard as it is to just let that be and see it as a learning opportunity, it actually is a learning opportunity. And mm. I think our kids, it actually is a disservice to our kids when we don't fall sometimes and when we don't fail and when we don't verbalize it, normalize it. I think it's it's really more difficult for our kids when they then do. Oh my goodness, yes. It, it, and it's absolutely okay to apologize to your child to say, you know what, darn it, I shouldn't, I should have done that. I, I wish I hadn't have done that. Can we do it, have a do over, you know? And actually the reason I did that is because I was feeling this. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I would get mad at my kids because my boss upset me, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, there's all of these other factors and you can always go back and repair. So I'm 100% with you. And by the way, everybody listening to fail, to fall short, to fall flat on your face is what it is to be human. We mm -hmm. cannot be perfect and to expect that we can or that our kids are mm -hmm. is setting yourself up for failure, right? Yeah. And then those expectations and unspoken expectations are very dangerous. That's mm -hmm. a topic for another day. <laughs> another day for sure, yeah, but quantum physics actually, it's, that's the uh, quantum mm -hmm. physics shows us that perfection is unattainable. Like, like so there's-, there's like that. There's literally, there's so much science behind it. There absolutely is no such thing as perfection. And again, that's an expectation we're making up in our minds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, doing a summit about having it all. And the, the, the summit producer said, you know, interviewed me and, and said, well, you know, do you think we can have it all? And I said, well, I think you need to define what having it all means. What's the story around it, you know? what what is having it all for you might not be for somebody else right like there is not this there is not this perfect woman if we just talk about moms somewhere doing it all and doing it all she doesn't exist so why are we measuring ourselves up against this fictitious person right mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense so interestingly though often all of those sort of somebody who has it all insinuates also that there's no sadness that there's no challenging emotions that there's no um, and again I I would highlight the fact that that's a very shallow existence at the end of the day mm -hmm. well and I will say to go on I did say well you know maybe you you feel like you have it all one day you don't the other day like you you, you know it's not it's it's yeah this it's it's just it's just one more thing that we use as a measuring stick and yeah. we look like we fall short. And so then we feel bad about ourselves, right? And really having self-compassion says, look, I fall and I fall short. And that's okay because I am human, right? And and, and again, to validate your own emotions and, and that sort of thing, which we wanna get to because you have three real steps that are really, really great in, in helping our kids make sense of their emotions. So as parents and you see your child come home after school and they're really grouchy and they're not normally, let's say, or uh, you, know, you know something's going on with them, right? And they're feeling something, how do you approach them? What do you ask them? Well, it's interesting. Um, so first and foremost, I think, um, you know, uh, there's, you know, the, the, the hierarchy of needs, right? That's so physiologically, I think when you take the mind body balance, you just got to make sure that the body has what it needs physiologically. Have they, are they, so you understand the context, take a, take mm -hmm. a second, 
understand the context, be aware of what they might be walking in. But, but again, be aware of it from a not attaching to anything mm -hmm. and just, just observing, right? Without judgment, just observing what the, um, the setting and the context is. Mm. Could it be that you might want to give them some food and water <laughs> beforehand, right. you know, or suggest, you know, that, we, that you snuggle up and maybe have a nap? Because um, it might be a physio physiological need first. Mm. I think okay. first and foremost is, is, is that awareness. And then the second thing is having them have that awareness um, so that they can identify the emotions that they're feeling both in themselves and maybe in others. So we teach emotional intelligence in three levels. So the first is really like, how do you, can you identify and acknowledge your emotions inside of you and in other people? And, um, you know, Brene Brown in her latest book, Atlas of the Heart, which I'm a huge fan of, um, she talks about how you can't really ever truly know how somebody else is feeling without asking them. I, I would counter that a little bit. I, well, I, I, I think that it's a part of identifying in other people. I think asking people is a part of identifying it. Um, but I think often other people don't know or don't want to vocalize it to you, don't want to verbalize to you how they're really feeling. Because there's a lot of, um, for example, um, if someone's really jealous of something, they don't want you mm. to know that. That's not, there's shame attached to that. There's like a lot of, yeah. you know, things that um, are considered negative. Or if you're angry and you don't feel like you have the right to be angry um, or resentful, mm. these are all like they have this whole um, uh, sort of stereotype or bias toward them so that you don't want to verbalize to people always how you really feel. So um, I do think it's powerful to ask people how they're feeling, right. but I think uh, first and foremost, you, you can observe how, you, you, you have hints toward how somebody's feeling uh, based on their, their facial expression, body language, mm -hmm. uh, their different reaction, even what they're saying uh, or what they're not saying. You know. Yes, yes. And I think you're so right. You know, what, one of the things that I teach, too, is, I mean, my company is called Parenting for Connection. And I think it's all about the connection. Does your child feel safe telling you their feelings? Or are you going to judge them and criticize them? Right. I mean, we're 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 assuming that if you ask your child that you, what they're feeling, that you're going to accept them and honor those. But what if you don't? Right. What if you're like, oh, pfft, you don't know what you're talking about? your child is not going to want to come to you. And as our kids get older, the stakes get higher and they're going to have bigger feelings. They're going to get in bigger situations. And if we haven't built the trust and connection with them at an early age, they're not going to come to us. They're going to go to somebody else or they will push it down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's Absolutely. that explosion over, over everything. And I, I do want to point one thing out and, and this is something that I find extremely helpful. We need a place to start, I think, as parents to name emotions, because I don't even know if we know how to name them all, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, happy, sad, glad, mad, maybe that's all I have, but what about 
feeling jittery? What about feeling shaky? What about feeling butterflies? What about feeling discombobulated, right? There's all these different kinds of feelings and you have this great, um, this great set of feeling words. It's a magnetic, uh, it's a magnetic drawing board and activity set, right? And it's meant to help. Yeah teach the 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 language of emotions and i think we need something like that in order to help and by the way you are giving us some really great things in the parent toolbox as well to help us as well so i just want to say thank you to you for that um but i just like i think it's important look i know that you don't necessarily know all the ways and that's okay we've got you nadine has got you my mama (laughs) says has got you so i just want to say all of this may be like uh okay but i don't even know what i don't know and of course you don't how could you right so anyway just wanted to say that i love i love that and i think it's it's so true it's so my my own daughter um you know we have uh, all of the products i think that when you approach emotions from a fun perspective so we use a lot of toys like we have for example this sort of yoga deck here um where uh, all the emotions have their own um, um their own pose and what's really cool is so you get like a for those that are uh, watching you know watching this rather than listening i'm actually holding it up but we have like a hippo who um it's a it's first a plank and then you put it into a side plank to see what the the different perspectives are and in the back it tells you what it might be signposting for you and 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 so on so forth but so what's really cool is even really young kids can take these visual cues of different emotions and you can absolutely make these yourself too so we have for example in classrooms kids think about all the different emotions that live inside of them and you can research it together and you can find all the cool um, uh, emotions. You can have conversations about it. My daughter, um, as as part of her emotional village, wanted to include fluffy. Um, And at first I was like, I don't know if that's a text or is is that really an emotion? She said, no, mom, sometimes I just feel like I'm no substance. It's like I'm just feeling fluffy. And I was like, oh, I actually quite like that. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. Um, So there's um, there's times where um, you can have these conversations, you can have these visual cues. And actually, um, Ella also in the, in the car said to me um, one day when she was really, again, discombobulated and there was a lot going on, she had really big feelings. And she said, mom, do we have a magnet box with us? I just, I just, I wanna think about how I'm feeling. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that. And it's an exercise that I've done with them for a long time with both my kids. And I'll leave the magnet box outside um, in the uh, and on the dining room table. And as I'm making breakfast, it has one emotion to the left, and then they are supposed to pick all the other emotions that might go with that emotion for them. And mm-hmm. what it means to them might be very different. What it means for me. So um, what emotions often come with, say, surprise, for example, might be very different to the emotions that come you know, uh, with surprise for them. So mm-hmm. it's different, and it can be a different by day by day. So you can kind of continue mm-hmm. to circle back. But we have, yeah, we have placemats where you can color and, and erase um, characters. And again, it's just a, a way to um, start conversations. Uh, we also have a plushie so that if you're feeling, for example, the, the angry hippo is a plushie. So when you're feeling angry, you have something tactile to squeeze and to cuddle. Um, we have the sad salon pup. Um, so when you're feeling sad, you have someone to hug. Um, and it's been really great to see the empathy in, in a lot of these kids mm. growing because they say, oh, well, he's, he just looks so sad. And I yeah. want to 
better. Um, so, and, and it's been used by a lot of special educators too, which has been really, really cool. But you mentioned connection. And I just want to circle back for a second because this is a really, really crucial point. And it actually parlays also into education because in education, you cannot learn, no one can learn, adult or child can learn anything um, if they're not in a relationship that has both trust and like that connection, right? As well as, uh, and then you have the, with that trust as, as, the, as the basis, you can have, you, then you need a challenge and support. And so trust uh, with challenge and support, I think are the key pieces to, um, to the foundation to learning. Um, and emotions can hijack learning really quickly. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling um, a lot of anxiety, you're feeling fear of like, failure, you're feeling um, uh, misunderstood maybe, yeah. uh, those can become really, really big and hijack your ability and really sort of stop you from even trying to do something. So. Um, so I think in parenting and education, you're absolutely right. That power of connection, like the creating a space for kids to not be judged, just be able to be who they are and just be seen and heard and valued for who mm -hmm. they are. And it doesn't mean, and again, going back to what I said earlier, which is, you know, there's your, your emotional rec uh, uh, responses that you cannot um, control but then you have your thoughts and your behaviors that you can control. So you can, it's not being permissive and saying, yeah, just anything goes, have your meltdown, have your da, da, da. You can, as kids grow older, um, more and more, both model and teach them and guide them through separating out. So that's the second level of our emotional intelligence is separating out your um, thought patterns and behavior. So you can say, it's okay to feel angry, it's not okay to punch somebody. Oh yeah, I love it's that. Okay. Yeah, it's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to slam the door and break my door frame. Mm -hmm. um, and that's uh, holding a boundary. That's what I look at that as. Like, absolutely not going to hit. And I understand you are feeling very angry. I understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's okay. Not hit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the third, the third level, right? Which is how do you use that for pro? Like for a more productive um, behavior? How do you use what the emotions are signposting for us to lead a more fulfilling life and to actually learn something? So that's again, with that connection that a parent or a teacher can, can um, foster with a child, be able to say, okay, having now identified and acknowledged all the different emotions that you're feeling, what do you think it's signposting for you and how can we um, decide to behave and react or respond, I should say, mm -hmm. um, so that it's the most fulfilling and productive for you. Um, so anger, for example, okay, uh, how can we use it to motivate a change that's good for everybody? It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's that third level of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And creating a win-win is always the goal. At least that's that's how I Maybe. see it, right? It, you know, um, yeah, doing your best to to find that I think is is so great. And here's the thing, you know, we're talking about all of this, and and for for anybody listening, you know, 
regardless of what you're thinking about what we're saying, here's the, the, the absolute truth about it. First and foremost, emotional intelligence, arguably I would say is more important. Your EQ, emotional quotient, is more important than your IQ, right? Mm -hmm. And um, those who are more emotionally intelligent do better. They're more resilient right? They, they understand their emotions and the emotions of other people. And it does make life happier. It makes life, you're, you're able to really live into your best life. Uh, and also as a parent, putting the work in here makes parenting more joyful, makes parenting more fun, makes there be less friction and less conflict in your relationship with your child because you're only ever seeking to understand you're not punishing you're not criticizing you're not shaming your kids you're just mm -hmm. trying to understand them and help them work it out right would you would you agree totally yeah it's interesting iq is an interesting one i, I always think you know what is the goal of school anyway um, <laughs> um i think that the goal of school should be to be developing and uh, fueling and developing a curiosity so that you're a lifelong learner that yeah, should be I agree um so that you love to learn and you want to do it for the rest of your life because we do we should be lifelong learners talk about a growth mindset um you know it's such a huge huge um part of being resilient i think mm -hmm. it's it's such a big part of emotional intelligence is sort of understanding that you know it's it, it takes work and it takes mm -hmm. practice and all of these things are learning opportunities mm -hmm. um and i think when you get somebody who on a traditional academic basis do really well at school but never have to try very hard uh it doesn't mm -hmm. set you up for future successes because you know you have to if i like my my uh, one of my children has this where just school finds it really easy, finds it incredibly easy. Mm. So I have to find things that they don't find easy so that they mm. learn. So, so I keep, you know, you have to, you have to have things that you find challenging. Mm -hmm. If you're never challenged, you're not going to grow and you're going to turn into, you know, you're not going to have that um, depth to share yourself with the world. Uh, my, my, I just want to share one really quick story because I really love it. It's um, my dad um, told me when I was growing up that, you know, I'd had my first big heartbreak um, in, in school. There was a lot going on and it was really like I was just not in a good place. And I was really, really um, sad and lonely, feeling really isolated. And um, he said to me very quietly and calmly, he said, you know, life is kind of like a block of wood. And, and at first it's beautiful and clean and gorgeous and you just admire this piece of wood. And then one day somebody comes and carves this big thing through it and you're horrified that your beautiful, perfect piece of wood has been marred with this, this, this carving. But what you realize as people continue, like it happens again and again and again. Right. And by the end of it, you realize that now you, you don't just have a block of wood that doesn't carry anything. Now you have a cup with which to hold joy and all Aww. those wonderful feelings because you can't hold any of that and truly appreciate it unless you've had the perspective of those 
you know, carvings, so to speak, those, those cuts that hurt. Oh, what a beautiful story. I love that. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love that. And that will live on forevermore as people listen to this episode. I think it's so beautiful. And, you know, when we talk about what we're taught in school, you know, I, I, I hope that we're seeing a shift in what we really focus on you know, emotional, social, emotional learning is really important. And what I love about the work that you're doing is you really support teachers and it's really the teachers who are the heroes here. They are teaching our kids and, you know, we've, we've got a lot of gratitude for those teachers, don't we? Absolutely. It's very interesting that I, I talked to a lot of really impressive, you know, people who have achieved a lot of things um, in, in my work. And um, all of these people, whether they come from, you know, business, finance, acting, music, um, you know, neuroscience, so on and so forth. If I say to them, wow, so look at how much you've achieved, what, you know, was there a teacher that helped mm. you know, form that mindset for you? And immediately they start telling me their stories immediately. Every single person behind every single super successful person, there was a teacher or a few that helped form who they were. Um, and right now, you know, with this, uh, this program, I do think social emotional learning is so crucial in our schools. Mm. It doesn't have to be in its own little pocket. I wish it wasn't. I think it should be mm. integrated into other things that we're learning. Um, because it, otherwise the perception is that it's in the silo. But what's important to remember, um, particularly for teachers, because I really want to celebrate and honor them. Um, yeah. It is, you know, like right now as we're recording this, it's Teacher Appreciation Week as well. But it's, um, but I do think, you know, they should be appreciated year round uh, and mm -hmm. honored year round because before they're teachers, they're actually human beings with needs. And right now, more than ever, more and more of them are becoming so overwhelmed with all the things with, like, with the pandemic and yes. uh, all the requirements that that, that, that brings with it. Um, and so we actually created a, a program called PD Reimagined. Um, and I have a nonprofit for this called Inspired mm -hmm. Education. And it's free for teachers, but they can get a monthly care package um, oh. delivered to them all for wellness. Um, building resilience, building a growth mindset, building uh, all of these same skills. Uh, so they get a monthly care package. And then every month we also have these motivational speakers come and present to them in a TED style kind of talk um, just for them. It's only for teachers and school leaders and administrators. But it's um, this is really, you know, to hopefully reverse the 54% of teachers that are thinking of leaving the profession. Because if that happens, it will cripple a public education system yeah wow that's called inspired uh, inspired education but it that is the nonprofit. but it's uh, if anyone knows a teacher and wants to share this out it's pd so a professional development pd reimagined.com I'm writing it down, so pardon me for the delay. <laughs> uh, but they can donate at pdreimagined.com or they donate to Inspired Education. No, so if you go to pdreimagined.com, you can, um, there's all the buttons, all the links and so okay. forth. But it's, it's run through Inspired Education. Um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's Inspired Educate, but it's with an eight. I got kind of fancy with it, so it's Inspired <laughs> 
education. Um, uh, whereas E D U C A T, so sorry, D C E D. See, I can't even spell it. E D U C and then eight I O N dot org. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have learned the hard way, even parenting for connection. I'm like parenting, the word parenting, then <laughs> F-O-R, not the number four, connection.com. That's what I always have to say. So I know. don't get cute. Don't, I got way too cute with that one. So so just pdreimagine.com is. is <laughs> no wonder. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's great. Well, I just <laughs> want to say thank you. You know, this just makes me feel so happy, so grateful and excited that our kids have you know and parents have access to these kinds of resources i could talk to you for so much longer and that is to me always the sign of a great guest is somebody who i could talk to all day because you are a wealth of information i've learned some things from you and i absolutely am beyond grateful for that and um you know again i think this is one of the most important things that we can do for our kids there are there's a list of things that we can do but this is one of the things that i think we not only do for them now as we're parenting them but we do for their future and a lot of parents future parent their kids meaning they react to what's happening in front of them right now because of their own fear and worry about what this behavior today means for the future, means for their kids' success, means uh, for them as a parent. And actually, when you are working with your child on their emotions uh, and your own emotions on a daily basis, in fact, that ensures their well-being into the future. It doesn't mean things won't happen to them. It doesn't mean they won't have carves cut out of them. That is what life is. And having the ups and downs are all a part of it, right? It's all a part of it. So uh, that builds resilience and that's what we all need, right? Absolutely. Thank you so I much for having me, Robin. I love your show. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for all the resources in the Parent Toolbox. Parents, please go to parent-toolbox.com if you haven't already. Become a member. It's totally free. And there's a new toolbox item every single week, plus a library. And please find Nadine Levitt's work at uh, mymamasays.com. So www.mymamasays.com. And she's also at whirlyedu.com, but everything's in the show notes, all the links, all of the good stuff is there. Thank you so much, Nadine, for being here. And uh, we are all better for it. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.